Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestein tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Warriors were in the zone on Thursday night. We have been waiting for months, nearly a year, for this series to happen ever since July 4th of last year when Kevin Durant announced he was joining the Golden State Warriors and this super team came together. And for a long time, as we have moved our way through the playoffs, we have been looking at these two teams almost like a heavyweight fight. 12-0 for the Warriors, 12-1 for the Cleveland Cavaliers, a combined record so far in the playoffs of 24-1. No one was remotely close to either of these teams in the Eastern or the Western Conference. We hoped it was going to be a good series. We hoped the games would be exciting, and we got a really scary preview of what could be, I think, a totally dominant run by the Golden State Warriors that's going to have people asking, are the Golden State Warriors the best team in the history of the NBA? Now, all you Cavs people out there and all you LeBron James ball washers can be like, well, what about last year? When the Cavs came back from a 3-1 deficit, this is just one game. The Cavs are going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted you to go to the box score. If you don't trust your eyes, go to the box score and look at what happened. Kevin Love, not a bad game. He went for 15 and 21. LeBron James, I know he had a lot of turnovers, but an okay, typical LeBron James game. Nearly a quadruple double, if you count the turnovers. Kyrie Irving, about like Kyrie Irving typically is. The Warriors won by 24 points, and I want to give you these two stat lines. How about Klay Thompson? I know he's been MIA for much of the playoffs so far. Here was his line. He played 36 minutes. He went 3 of 16 from the floor, 0 for 5 from three-point range, scored six points. How about Draymond Green? Another kind of important asset to the Golden State Warriors. Played 36 minutes, went 3 for 12, 1 for 5 from three, scored nine points. So combined... Clay Thompson and Draymond Green shot six for 28 from the field and one for 10 from three. And you know what the outcome was? The Warriors won by 22 points or whatever the math is. Was never close after the first quarter. I said the Warriors in five. So the Warriors are going to win game one, game two. Cavs win game three, Warriors win game four and five. I'm not sure this thing goes five based on what I saw last night. May very well be a sweep by Golden State. And if that happens, the NBA is in for some hurting next year because there's word that Kevin Durant's going to work to readjust his contract to make sure that everybody can get worked out and everybody can end up making the amount of money that they need to make. 
and next year's Warriors team will be every bit as good, if not better. Now, Kevin Durant was stupendous last night. Partly he was stupendous because the Cleveland Cavaliers looked like what they were all season long, a really poor defensive team. The Warriors did not shoot well. Despite the fact that they scored 113 points, they shot on the game from the field just 42%. Really pretty ugly effort from them from the field. So many of these shots that they had were wide open. I don't know how many teams have ever given Steph Curry that many good looks from outside. Go back and look at the amount of shots that the Warriors missed that they ordinarily wouldn't miss. This could have very easily been a 40-point game. Tristan Thompson is worthless in this speed of game. For a long time, people say, well, who's going to defend Tristan Thompson? Well, the Cavs don't really have, I mean, the Warriors don't really have a traditional big man. They don't need one. This game was too fast for Tristan Thompson. He might have been Khloe, he might as well have been Khloe Kardashian out there. Barely played, totally useless. I just, I know, look, LeBron's going to have one or two really incredible games in this series. And I'm sure Kyrie Irving at some point is going to get really hot and be able to score points. But the Warriors are much better than the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are much better than the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is not going to be a legendary series. I think the only thing legendary that we are going to see in these playoffs is the Golden State Warriors' performance. And now I think they know it. And if they didn't know it, last year they gave up a 3-1 series lead and had to hear about it ad nauseum. They're not going to do that this year. They are playing to destroy the Cleveland Cavaliers and erase every image and memory that they have from last year's series. That's the way they looked like. And the Cavs were rested. LeBron James came out of the gate strong that first quarter. He made a lot of big plays. And then you saw that this is a fundamentally different teams. One team is good. The other team is not very good. These got some stats. I want to bring in Jason Martin because I asked him to go back. I said, okay, if you are a Cavs fan and you want to make the case that the Cavs are going to win this series, you have to buy into the fact that they are going to win four of the next six games. Warriors have to lose four times. One of the most amazing stats that was out there before this series even started was the Warriors have not lost a game with all four of their big four playing. Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green all in the same game since February 4th. That's before the Super Bowl. So in order to pull off this series win, the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to have to win not just one game, which nobody in the NBA has been capable of since February 4th, but four games against these guys when they haven't lost but a single game since all four have started since before the Super Bowl. And I think we've been underrating how dominant the Cavs have been because they didn't contend for the overall best record in the history of the NBA. And so people kind of stopped paying attention to them down the stretch of the season. But these stats are pretty remarkable. Jason Martin, you did some research for me. <clears throat> yes. Uh, February the 28th and March the 11th. Warriors lost five of seven games during that stretch. If you recall. That's when everybody said the wheels have come off. Like this is a team that... Doesn't look very good. That's when Steve Kerr was resting players. And I think that culminated, if I'm not mistaken, in them resting players on the road against San Antonio. And San Antonio basically tied them, if I'm not mistaken, in the Western Conference. And it looked like the Warriors might not even win the Western Conference. Right. I said February 28th was the start of that downfall. February 28th was the night Kevin Durant went down against the Washington Wizards. We remember that Monday night pretty pretty well. That was when it started. So this was the Durant absent early stretch when they were still trying to remember how to kind of fit in without him because they'd gotten so used to him being the best player on the floor for them. After March 11th, only a 105-99 loss to Utah on April the 10th. Steve Kerr, of course, rested most of his starters. If you remember that game through the entire fourth quarter, the only guy that was out there really for them was Kevin Durant, and they were trying to get him back into playing shape after coming back from the injury. Before that February 28th to March 11th stretch. It took from January the 23rd to March the 2nd for the Warriors to lose four games. That was in a span of 16 different ball games, nine of them on the road. 
There were a couple of weird losses, one to Sacramento where they just didn't seem to care very much. But that's a lot. That's 16 games for them to lose four. There are not 16 games remaining in this NBA Finals. There are six max, and that's maybe a gift after what we saw last night. So the stats certainly would indicate that it takes a long time for this Warriors team to lose four, and that's against different competition where you know maybe you can't get up that night to play. Obviously, the Warriors are not going to show up like not ready to play in the NBA Finals, so that makes it a little bit more difficult to uh, assume that anybody is going to beat them uh, overall, especially when you look at LeBron and Kyrie shooting 19 to 42 combined, but still played pretty well. The rest of the Cavs shooting 11 for 44 from the field. Like that's that ain't going to get it done. Jason Martin, you said it was going to be Warriors in six before yes. this series started. Are you sticking to it? I am, but I will admit that watching that last night was tough um, on my prediction. I still feel like they can get game two. I still feel like they're going to win two games because LeBron and Kyrie are that good, and Kevin Love did not play well last night, I thought, and certainly they got nothing from the bench, and the defense will be better. There were some lapses, some things that just made no sense. The J.R. Smith play where he just went to a shooter and left Kevin Durant wide open to go straight down the lane for a dunk in the second quarter was the play that most sort of uh, was indicative of the way that game was played out. So, yes, I still think it's going to be six, but I never believed that the Cavs were going to win game one. I also never believed that it was I, I did not believe it was going to be that much of a blowout like that's that's what's tough like I'm sticking by my guns but if it turns out that I'm wrong I'm also not going to be stunned because it was clear as day last night that the Warriors are exactly who we said they were the second Kevin Durant signed which is maybe the best team in NBA history when all is said and done you take those injuries out um, maybe if they don't rest who knows what their record could have possibly been but they did what they had to do, and last night they were uber-impressive in a lot of different ways. You mentioned Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson played fantastic defense last night, as he is wont to do. And Draymond Green, who did not particularly shoot well, was awesome on defense like he always is. So those two guys did give you something on half the court, and then on the other half of the court, Steph, once he got started, and if you watched during warm-ups, I watched it during a countdown show about an hour and a half before warm-ups, he was spotting up from 40 and just taking shots from the logo, and it wasn't like he was a Harlem Globetrotter. He wasn't Meadowlark Lemon out there shooting with a tracer on the ball. He was out there just trying to get his range right from 35 and 40 feet. He was taking rainbows where the ball was well above the rim, far higher than he would ever need to do it in case he needed to shoot over guys like LeBron. Watching him in warm-ups, I wasn't surprised at all that once he got going, there was no way to shut him down. But if Kevin Durant's going to show up and give you 38 points and get multiple, multiple dunks in the first half, Cavs have got absolutely no chance. Danny G and Justin, is there anybody here who thinks this is going to be a series? I'm going to stick to my Cavs, I mean Warriors in five, and say the Cavs win game three, they're first at home, they have too much pride to get swept. I think the Warriors are going to go 16-1 and one in the playoffs, the best record in the history of the NBA playoffs. And I think you will then make an argument, including me and many others, that they are the best team in the history of the NBA based on the way they will have swept through the opposition. Anybody out there watch this game and think the Cavs can win this series? Any reason for optimism other than the fact that last year they came back from a 3-1 deficit? Not at all, Clay. Um, I, I was I was with you from the get go on the on the five. I thought maybe maybe possibly Warriors and six, and it's it's a little bit of a bummer too because as the game started in that in that first quarter, you know I had a bunch of people over watching the game and I was I was getting excited because it was back and forth for a little bit. The, in the first, first quarter, the first quarter was phenomenal basketball, high end, high level, up and down the court. So much uh, offensive enthusiasm. It's like everybody had waited and and, and saved their best. And then a couple minutes into the second period, the Warriors took complete control of it, went up, doubled figures, and never really felt like they were challenged the rest of the game. Exactly. I looked at my friends in that first quarter. I was like, oh, yes, this is this is going to be a great series. This is what the NBA wanted. It's going to be awesome. And then, then second quarter, I'm like, all right, this series is done, huh? Right, guys? Yeah, it's over. And there are a lot of people out there right now who have to get up early on the East Coast, and they dialed out. I sat down and watched every minute of this game. But there are so many people out there that said, man, I kind of, I'm really excited. I can't wait. I can't wait. And then you fell asleep on your couch. Uh, or you're like, man, screw this. I got to get up early tomorrow morning and go to work. I was hoping this NBA Finals is going to be exciting. And you turn your television off midway through the third quarter when the Warriors just put this game away. 
Uh, it, w- it was ugly. Danny G, any reason for optimism if you're a Cavs fan? Not after watching their performance last night, but what I will say is how many times have people overreacted after the first game of a series? So I, I just don't want That's the only thing you yeah. can tap the brakes on. The problem is I, I look at this box score and I come back to Clay Thompson and Draymond Green shot six for 28, one for 10 from three. And the Cavs still won by, I mean, the Warriors still won by over 20. I know Kevin Durant was really good. I know Steph was pretty good relative to what their past performances can be. But this is not something, if I'm a Cavs fan, where I look at it and say, boy, we left a lot out there. The defense for the Cavs was awful. And I just don't I don't see any way that they're ever going to shut down these war, this Warriors team. And the Warriors only shot 42% from the field. It's not as if they went out and were lights out. And they're going to be lights out in one of these games. It might be on Sunday night. And they might win by 40. And that's why I think the Cavs will bounce back and win game three. Because they'll go back to Cleveland. They'll have some pride. They're going to defend the land. But that's it. They're going to lose this series in five games. There was nothing I saw last night to make me believe than anything I expected to happen, that that I'm going to be surprised by anything in this series. I am Clay Travis. I also am surprised by one thing. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. I want to talk about this when we come back out of the next break, too. Everybody out there is like, oh, poor LeBron. He has got all this racist graffiti to deal with, everything else. Why have we not seen any pictures of the graffiti at LeBron James's house? And why have we still not heard who might have been involved doing this. One of the most fundamental responsibilities of sports journalists and journalists in general is to ask questions. What happened? Who did it? What, when, where, and why? We still don't have evidence that has been released in any way to the public that LeBron James actually had a racial slur on his gate. TMZ hasn't had pictures. They haven't leaked anywhere. We're talking about Hollywood, California, L.A., a place where virtually everything that is a big news story eventually goes public. And we haven't heard anything about the surveillance videos. We haven't heard anybody anything about arrests or police looking for a suspect. Why? Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I just want to know what's shaking out there. Why we see no pictures. Why we got no suspects. What's the story here? You got surveillance video or no? Doesn't make sense. You know what also doesn't make sense? The Warriors dominating the Cavs, even though Klay Thompson and Draymond Green shot a combined six for 28 from three. Sorry, six for 28 from the field, one for 10 from three. These guys didn't even play well, and the Warriors destroyed the Cavs. This looks like a sweep. That's why I think it's going to go five games. This is Jason Martin. You're coining it the LeBron James gate gate. Yes, this is move. Gate, gate. yes, gate gate. I said graffiti gate earlier, but it might be gate gate even more crazy. Uh, let's go to the calls. JC in Nashville. What's up, JC? Hey, what's going on? As a long time been listening to you, Clay. First time I've called this show. Uh, so the first thing you're talking basketball is to stop the ball. So when seven foot oh, you know what? Hold, hold on, down. JC. You know, I was watching the game with friends last night, and I talked about this some on the show. I coached six-year-old boys basketball last year, right? My six-year-old. And you stand on the court when you're coaching six-year-old basketball, and my kids would not stop the ball, and I wanted to go crazy like that guy who came off the court and blocked the shot from one of his kids. Did you guys see that? Like, they wouldn't <laughs> stop the ball. And I'm like, guys, the number one rule in basketball is, is stop the ball. Before you start, because they're all worried about, like, what guy do I have and everything else. I'm like, if you see a guy with the ball and there's nobody between him and the basket, stop him. And they wouldn't, they couldn't learn it. So that's what I felt watching this game. I'm glad you mentioned it. KD's coming down the court. I understand that you're trying to guard the three-point line, but you can't let one of the most talented basketball players in the world go straight to the basket and dunk it as easy as they did. I was, I was just screaming and at the television. Happened. And it happened three, two times. Maybe a possibly a third, so that's, that's inexcusable. Also, if you uh, you alluded to this earlier, Clay Thompson and um, Draymond Green had 28 attempts, so it wasn't like they didn't get their attempts. So that is scary. Here's and they're the going to make they're the, going to make 12 or 13 of those shots. And Clay Thompson, if he ever oh, finds right, that, right. I feel like Clay Thompson, 
is been sort of walking in a one like a like a weird kind of underworld of his own basketball game. If you watch Stranger Things, I feel like Clay Thompson is in the other side right now because the in the down. under the upside down because he had that great game against Oklahoma City in game six, which was one of the best shooting nights we've ever seen in the history of the NBA, right? The threes that he was hitting that night weren't just great shots in an unbelievably important game. They were great shots with guys all over him from 35 and 38 feet, and he's just draining them. And ever since then, he's never really been – I know he scored 60 in that one third quarter. Like, the guy has been very erratic. And I know it was this year he scored 60 and they took him out. Like, I feel like at some point he's going to go off in this series. And possibly it would happen when uh, maybe Steph Curry or uh, Kevin Durant have an off night, and that'll be the night that you'll see Klay Thompson just explode, and it'll be another blowout. I think that's, I think that's the trade-off for them. When we all looked at it as being, oh, Draymond Green is not going to get the touches, I think it's Klay Thompson who may suffer from Kevin Durant being on that team. But I think that's the trade-off. I think if one of them has an off night, then you're going to see Klay Thompson step up. Let me hit on the LeBron thing real quick. Um, the first thing, a few weeks ago, there was a credit card that was just left at my house. The first thing I did is I took a picture of it with my cell phone. Then I picked it up. So I don't know why there's not someone who, you know, doesn't look out at this gate and immediately take a picture and call LeBron and say, hey, did you see this on your gate? We're going to paint over, but here's the picture. You want us to call the police? So I don't know if you're going to have a camera out there on the gate. You know, maybe that doesn't happen. I don't know if you're going to find this guy, but I think there should be some evidence of it. Um, so I am now at this point a little skeptical. Hey, I appreciate the time and the call. Hey, thanks for the call. Yeah, I'm skeptical. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying we're now on day three. Day three of this story, and we have not seen any evidence that it actually happened. Picture, video, anything. We have not seen any surveillance video of an alleged suspect saying, hey, we don't know who this guy is. Can you help us find him? We don't know what race it is. We don't know what gender it is. We don't know whether it's somebody who's transgender. We don't know if LeVar Ball's out here trying to create another big baller brand story. <laughs> we don't know if it's Caitlyn Jenner. I don't know who it is. Everybody in LA is a suspect. Except we have no idea who the suspects are. That makes everybody a suspect. Let's go to Richard in Jacksonville. What's up, Richard? How you doing, Clay? Excellent. Been listening to you for about a month. Really love the show. Um, I'm just not with you on this. Um, I just, I'm not on. It's, it just seems like you have a bit of an agenda with it. You keep mentioning the twenty million, twenty-one million dollar mansion, and that they has four mansions. As if that matters. In, no, in no, racism. it matters that it's a twenty-one million dollar mansion because I'm not an expert on twenty-one million dollar mansions. So far, I don't have any of them. But if I did. Everyone I've ever been around in the L.A. area that has a massive mansion like that has a huge surveillance camera that's associated with that mansion. And that is a fair point, but I'm still not sure. What are you looking for? A a photo that says the N-word on it? I mean, why do you feel like they have to have an agenda that satisfies your agenda in making it public and showing something like that? I don't. You don't think it's strange? Hold on. It's been three days. You don't think it's strange that we haven't seen any tangible evidence that this happened in L.A. where TMZ finds everything and immediately publishes it and that we haven't seen any evidence of a surveillance video of anybody doing something improper and that L.A. police have issued no statements about their investigation? Three days? I mean, they're not investigating a a complex murder in the middle of nowhere. They're investigating graffiti on a gate in Brentwood, California, on a tw- again, a $21 million mansion that's surrounded by other multi-million dollar mansions with huge surveillance systems. This should be the easiest case ever. And everybody has already taken the next step and said, oh, this is such a racist act. LeBron James is so brave for how he stand- stood up to it. And all I'm saying is we haven't seen evidence that it actually happened. The only thing I've seen about the graffiti is that they removed it before the police even arrived there, which seems strange. Again, you painted over it before the police got there. Why did you do that? Wouldn't it be easier to figure out who was responsible if they could tell what type of paint was used, if they could see maybe how long it had been there based on the paint on the I don't know what kind of surveillance, you know, like forensics they can do based on something like this, but I would imagine the LA police has a lot of things that they could use that would make that case easier, and we still haven't heard anything from the LA police about an actual suspect. You don't think that's strange after 3 days? 
I think it, it, it might be a little strange. Again, I do, you know, again, you do mention con- consistently that you're the only person asking these questions, and you seem to enjoy that, and that seems to be successful for you because you've created a niche for yourself by being relatively conservative in a hysterical liberal sports world at this point, and I appreciate all that. But the reality is that if you, on, on balance, would you say that LeBron James has been understated or overstated relative to the amount of hatred I mean, for example, you don't think he's received a number of racist letters or notes that he has never, ever mentioned before? I mean, you seem to have this agenda to think that LeBron is creating some kind of drama around this. Like, like that one You think that LeBron James is the kind of guy who's not dramatic? I think in some cases he is, but I also think I'm sure there are many situations where he's He's like I said. He's received racist things that he hasn't brought out and made to the public. Um, I think that there's just people. Listen, I'm not even a LeBron apologist. I'm a Warriors fan. I'm just simply. All, I all I'm asking. All I'm asking, Richard, is it's been three days. Right? You don't think? You why, what do you mean? Where am I going with it? This is a big story that has been the number one story in sports for three days, and I'm the only person I've heard anywhere asking the most basic journalistic questions that are asked in stories like this. Did it happen? And who did it? How is that not more important than what the world it tells us, which is what everybody else has immediately said, oh, LeBron James is so brave to respond to racism. This could have been a crazy black dude who did it. We don't even know who did it yet. We don't know what the motivation is. There are tons of racial hoaxes going on. Crazy black dude who's convinced that racism is awful, and he knows that this will go viral if he does it on LeBron James's mansion. And so he does it. We don't know the motivation. I am asking the most basic questions. Did it happen? And who did it? And nobody else is even asking him. You don't think that's important? No, not really. I, I, then you're no, an idiot. Hang up on this guy. Hang up on this guy. You don't think it's important to know at his most fundamental level, did it happen and who did it? That's the most basic questions anywhere. This is what I do for a living before I did radio. I was a lawyer. You know what the most important thing to do for a lawyer? Figure out what the facts are. Before you try to figure out the impact of the facts and what you can frame as a story based on the facts, you first have to find out what the facts are. This story, people got way beyond that. Go read, uh, Google it. There are thousands of opinion pieces about racist graffiti on LeBron James's gate and what it means for America. And we still don't know if it happened, and we don't know who did it. And you're like, oh, you're asking too many questions. I'm asking the most basic questions. Did it happen? If it did happen, why have we seen no evidence of it? Why did they paint over it before the police got there? That's strange. And second, why after three days, three days of the ability to review this surveillance Have we not heard who the suspects are? I think those are the most fundamental questions you can possibly ask. Am I taking crazy pills here? Let's go around the horn. Am I crazy for asking these questions? Jason Martin. I mean, you were talking about what lawyers are supposed to do. I thought they were supposed to be able to prove things as well. And we can't prove anything here. Like like I said, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, like the fact that there is nothing new about this and we are now entering at least the third day of this piece of the news cycle, and there hasn't been that much else going on in sports. I mean, the Bryce Harper thing kind of wore itself out around Wednesday, around the time that this started. There hasn't been that much going on except previewing the finals. The fact that everybody's just talking about how bad this is, but that's it. That's the easy, low-hanging fruit here. It's obvious Racism it's bad is bad. Happened, we wish yes. racism didn't exist, right? But we right. don't even know if this is a racist act because we don't know who did it. It could be somebody who's a, a huge left-winger who's trying to draw attention to racism, and they're crazy. First of all, anybody who did this is crazy, regardless of their race or gender, right? If you make the decision on a random Wednesday morning, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to LeBron James's mansion and write a racial slur on the gate there. That's not a, that's not a sane decision to make. You're going to go to jail for years for doing that. That's a weird decision no matter who does it. That's not a coherent, logical, rational, sane response Danny G and Justin you guys are in LA is Richard in Jacksonville right am I just way off the my rocker here asking these questions 
Well, full disclosure, Clay, I would say that 85 to 90% of the time I do think you're crazy and, and yes, don't agree with I your takes. Yes, I respect that. But not this time. Uh, I mean, it's it does seem a little weird. I mean, e- even if you you know don't agree with a lot of your takes, how can you deny the fact that it's weird that we haven't seen any evidence or have any leads or or why would the thing that sticks out most to me what you what you said why would you paint over it before the police get there it makes that's, no that's sense evidence. The, the, it's yeah it's the most basic thing like if you're worried about other people seeing it uh, you could go drape a, a bed sheet over it yeah that's what you I could put yeah. yeah you could put a, a placard of some court you could pull out an suv and park it in front of the gate so when somebody breaks into your house, it. when somebody breaks into your house, you don't sweep up the glass before the investigators get there. That all needs to be there for them because you don't know where the touch is. You don't know where the DNA might be. Uh, obviously, the brand of spray paint that could lead you to the store, that could lead you to the surveillance camera, where the person bought it, where there's a receipt on hand. There's so many and who easy even things has, about this. Who even has paint That's to a good point cover too. it up? Like I, I've got a huge house. It's a mansion. I'm rich. I'm fortunate. If somebody scrawled something on the front of my house, I don't have the paint to go out and immediately replace it. First of all, I wouldn't do it because I'd be like, I want to figure out who this is. I've got surveillance cameras. I want to figure out who did this. But I also wouldn't have the paint. I mean, that's strange in and of itself, right? I mean, you just have acres and acres of paint cans sitting around that happen to perfectly match your gate. And then the amount of time that it would take to do it. We haven't even seen the gate without the slur, have we? Like, we haven't seen it since it's been repainted. Like, we've seen nothing. Like, there's been no pictures before, no pictures during, no pictures after. We've just heard a story. We don't even know if the man that owns the house has seen it. it. LeBron, with his own eyes, has certainly not seen it because it happened when he was already in San Francisco. So he is relaying third-hand information. Maybe he got a photo of it. Maybe he didn't. But it's not like he was there in the house. It's not like he walked out, stood in front of his gate, and said, okay, get rid of this. He wasn't there. Maybe somebody took a picture. Maybe they FaceTimed him from it. I don't know. Nobody's even asked him that question that I'm aware of. Seems like kind of an integral point. LeBron, did you actually see this? How do you know it happened? What do you know about this? Did you instruct them to paint over the graffiti? None of those questions have been asked. The sports media is not good at handling stories other than, Clay Thompson, why'd you miss that shot? J.R. Smith, why'd you decide to let Kevin Durant drive all the way down the lane and dunk it? Ty Lue, how good is this team? Those are things that the sports media can typically ask. When it actually gets to a complex story or one that requires some intelligence, most sports writers aren't that smart. That's why they're sports writers, frankly. It's the truth. You think the most brilliant person in your school probably didn't grow up and say, you know what I want to do? I want to go write AP articles about basketball games. Probably a doctor or a lawyer. Maybe founded a company. I practice law. I came into sports. Why did I start dominating? Because I'm a lot smarter than everybody else in this industry. I'm like KD going down the lane just dunking on people left and right. I'm a really smart lawyer. I'm a damn genius for a sports writer. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. This is Animal Thunderdome. All right, boys, which one do we go to first? Come on, Clay. Got to be the camels. Yes. It's the greatest. It might be better than the sea lion. This so happened. Where was this? Give the details on this. All right, this is in the United Arab Emirates between UAE. Dubai. Yes, UAE. Yes. Between Dubai and Ras Al Khamaya on Thursday afternoon. The man who filmed this clip that we will tweet out, by the way, from Bangor, Northern Ireland, said he and four friends en route to a stag party when they encountered the camels. It's one of the maddest things I've ever seen. I've lived out here for two years, but this is definitely not the norm. We were driving out of Dubai to go to a stag, and we just spotted them at the side of the road, absolutely going for it. Yes, two camels having coitus engaged in lovemaking right there on the street. You got cars pulling over. 
You've got traffic stopped because these two camels are really, really rogering, and the female was audibly very, very excited about the, the uh, situation. Oh, what up? That was the female, Clay. I can't even tell what happened there. You so oversold that. You got to watch the video. How do you know the female liked it? That's a a camel ecstasy? That's like a camel orgasm? I believe so. I think I know what camel sex sounds like. I I think Uh, that was the male, though. No, it wasn't. Actually, it's red. It's the female underneath being mounted by her partner. It's the female that's actually doing it. So All right, excited. so we have the <laughs> do we have the bear Tim Tebow way again? They're doing something he's never done, have sex, uh, and also something Jason Martin's never done. Do we have the uh, do we have the bear? Do we have time for the bear? Yes, Clay. Uh, this happened in the Ukraine. A circus bear. The trainer let go of the leash accidentally. It jumped into the crowd full of children. Chaos ensued. Circus bear loose? Kids? Camel sex, circus bear loose, lions and tigers, oh my. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Last night, if you're just waking up, the Warriors put an epic beat down on the Cavs. To me, biggest takeaway, Warriors win by 22 even though Klay Thompson and Draymond Green shoot a combined 6-for-28 from the field, 1-for-10 from three. Imagine if Thompson and Draymond actually play decently. That game probably is even more of a blowout than it already was. I think, again, five games. I told you beforehand for a couple of weeks in advance what's going to happen. Warriors in game one. Warriors in game two. Cavs bounce back and win game three. Lose game four and game five. It is over in five games. You know it's bad for the Warriors, uh, for the Cavs, when Ty Lue says they're the best I've ever seen. The opposing coach shouldn't be saying that after game one. That ain't a good sign. And when the best storyline from game one is whether or not Kevin Durant was staring down Rihanna in the crowd, here was KD reacting when he was asked whether his final three also included a stare down for Rihanna toward the end of the game uh you shot a three kind of putting the dagger into him and you look toward the crowd toward uh rihanna uh was was that uh, uh on purpose or or do you remember that or i don't even remember that <laughs> well just to let you know social media is buzzing about really it. yes don't get in that trap yeah bro. don't get in that <laughs> i'm cool have fun with that kd i'd be all over rihanna if i were him instead of giving her a, a dirty look he's a single man Rihanna, that's uh, that's big-time play. MVP indeed. Uh, we've got your calls because I'm asking another question. In the wake of all of the coverage that poured in on the LeBron James racial incident surrounding graffiti that was alleged to be outside of his home, why have we not seen a single picture of this? And why have we not seen any suspects yet? There's surveillance video to be reviewed. Why did they cover up this alleged racial graffiti? Why are there no pictures of it? Why am I the only person asking these questions? Lots to react to. We've had open phone call, open phone lines throughout the show. 877-996-6369. Let's go to my guy Ulysses down in the ATL down in Georgia. What's up, Ulysses? Hey, Clay. How you doing this morning? Listen, you know, I think it's really insulting, you know, to LeBron James because you're insinuating that he made this up. No, no, no. I'm not insinuating that he made it up. Hold on. I'm not insinuating that he made it up. We don't know that LeBron James has ever seen this because we didn't. He wasn't there. He wasn't at his home in L.A. Nor nor was his family there. The media has not asked LeBron James any questions about this at all. Uh, They haven't said, "Did you see it?" They haven't said, "Did your people who were at your house take a picture and send it to you?" They haven't asked him any of these questions. LeBron wasn't there, so I think there's no chance that I'm accusing LeBron of making it up because he wasn't the person who saw it, right? What I would like to know is, did he see it? Has he seen pictures of it? 
uh, does he has he been in interaction with the L.A. Police Department such that they haven't been able to figure out who the victims are here uh, or sorry, who the uh, who the alleged perpetrator is? I, LeBron wasn't even there. So this story didn't originate with LeBron. My best bet is he is just conveying information that he was told. So right now, in terms of this being a huge story, we are talking about LeBron James, who was not an eyewitness to an act that could or could not have happened on his property with a perpetrator that we don't know. We literally don't know that this happened and we don't know who did it. Yet we have rushed into the into that fill that void by saying, "Oh, it's got to be a racist white person who did it." Poor LeBron, he's so brave for the way he's responded to this. I'm just asking the questions. Do we know if this happened? And so far we don't. There's no tangible evidence that's been out there. I think that's strange in an era when TMZ can find anything, including videos from uh from casinos of people knocking out their girlfriends. We don't have a single picture of this alleged graffiti, and we still don't know who did it. Despite the fact that all these homes are surrounded by surveillance cameras, that seems strange to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think you will. But the other thing I wanted to talk about, Clay, and I had two things for you is, you know, you know how I feel about your race relations. I would think, but the thing is, is this country, it, 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 there's a lot of racist stuff going on. When you look at the Trayvon Martin case, where a guy pretty much seen a kid who he thought was suspicious, walking home from a store, followed him, got in a fight with him. Hold on. Yeah, I, I, we, don't need to, we don't need to relitigate, Trayvon. How old are you, Ulysses? Okay. I'm 41 years old. All right, I'm so 41 you're 41. Yeah. Are race relations worse now than they were in the 19... You're around my age. I'm 38. Yeah. All right, are race relations worse now than they were in the 1990s and the 2000s? I would, I would say no. Absolutely, they're, they're not. I don't think... You think I it's think better it's since then? Up. Yeah, I, I think it's better. But the one thing that, that, that I do think is I think there is a problem. Now, is it is it minute? It is minute. But the example I wanted to give you is there is a 1 in 3.6 billion chance that you or me would ever be killed by a bomb from ISIS. But we still, as Americans, we feel like, you know what, I want to see what the government is doing in the Middle East because, you see what I'm saying, that's a, that's a minute chance. But some of the things that you say, it, it, think, it, it leads minorities to think like, you guys need to chill out because there's a very little chance that some of these things will ever happen, and that's not the case. If there's any chance that there's racism going on, is there any chance that anybody can be harmed by it, then there is some concern. The same way that people are concerned about ISIS, it's the same way that minorities are, are concerned about racism. And it does yeah, not I'm mean glad you brought. I'm glad you brought that up because I think, uh, first of all, do you think that black people can be racist? Absolutely. Everybody can be racist. Everybody can be racist, right? So why do we only talk about racism when it's white people doing things to black people? Well, that's the question you should be able to answer because you are part of the media. When I go on, on, on social media, right, all I yep. see is the things that you're saying. That's not my fault. Don't look down on me because I'm African-American because of that. The media, that's what they portray. And like you said a long time ago, people say they don't want to see something, but the numbers say they do. And the oh, reason yeah. that the media puts it on because everybody's clicking on it. Yeah, Look, I think the media, it's a good call, Ulysses. I appreciate it. I think the media is designed to divide us. I've been saying this for a long time. I think the media has recognized that they can find controversial issues and they can turn us into a bunch of tribes. And so you go back to your tribe, your group of people, whether it's in your city, whether it's in your state, whether it's in your community, wherever it is. And there are people who make a living antagonizing and making us believe that things are worse than they are. And it's across this political spectrum. I'm glad he brought up the terrorism thing. My belief, and I've said this before, is that the people who fear terrorism on the right wing are very similar to the people who fear the police on the left wing. They're just different races. There is a certain segment of the population that wants to be terrified. Right, I'm taking my family over to Paris and to and to London this summer. People say, "Well, there's terror attacks going on over there." I'm like, "Yeah. What do you want me to do? Not do what I would normally do in my life because terrorism exists? Then terrorists have won. The moment you change your behavior in your own life because you're afraid of what might happen to you, then the terrorists have won. I don't know how long I'm going to live. I'm 38. I've had an awesome life so far. If I die tomorrow, I'll have an incredible life. I'm not concerned with how I'm going to die. I'm just not. Now you can say that's crazy, but the one thing that's undefeated is death. Hate to break it to you on this Friday morning, but every single one of you is going to die. 
Would I rather die a little bit inside every single day because I'm afraid of what somebody else is going to do to me? Or would I rather live my life to the fullest every day knowing that I'm pretty happy, I got a great life, I'd like to live forever, but until somebody gives me that gift of immortality, every single person's going to end up underground at some point. And the moment that you allow yourself to be scared is the moment you've given up on life, in my mind. Now, some of you make a living off being fearful. Some of you are obsessed, need to believe that white people are trying to kill black people, need to believe that Muslim terrorists are always trying to kill you everywhere you go. That ain't my reality. Not saying it's not happening every now and then, but it's not likely. Every single one of you right now, as you head into work, is five times as likely to get killed by a train as you are a police officer. Every single one of you is about as likely to get struck by lightning as you are to get killed by a police officer or a terrorist. If you don't walk outside of your house thinking, man, these bees, wasps, and hornets are going to kill me today, then I don't think you ought to walk outside of your house thinking the police or the terrorists are going to kill me today because you're much more likely to get killed by a bee sting than you are a terrorist or a police officer. That's why I think the left wing in this country and the right wing in this country have totally convinced us of things that aren't real. We're terrified of things that aren't actual reality. Kevin in California. What's up, Kevin? Is Kevin gone? Did he get sniped? Terrorists get him? No, I think he's with us now. Kevin, you there? All right, Kevin, what's up? I, got, I, was, I was afraid ISIS got you there for a minute. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not afraid. I'm not worried. But um, uh, basically, I just wanted to say, man, just because you have money, that does not change your skin color. Let's go back a few years to former Clippers owner Donald Sterling and his comments about Magic Johnson, one of the most recognizable faces in America, you know, man with money, this and that, and still he felt some type of way about Magic Johnson. So, and, yeah, I understand that, but what, what am I, when did I say that, that money changed things? I mean, you keep saying, oh, LeBron, he has a tough life. Yeah, his $21 million mansion. You the keep, reason why know, the $21 million mansion matters to me is because I'm convinced, and the media reports have said as well, that if you have a $21 million mansion, you have a huge surveillance camera. So we're not talking about somebody living in like a uh, a tiny place in Hermosa that's built in the 1940s and that it's like 400 square feet, you know, and you're paying whatever it is, thousands of dollars a month to live there and there's no surveillance camera around and somebody just stole your surfboard. We're talking about a dude living in Brentwood in a $21 million mansion surrounded by other multi-million dollar mansions. So we should know at all points exactly what's going on on that street. That's why I mentioned that it's a $21 million mansion. Okay, I understand that, but then you also say yes. You were, you were saying yes, LeBron, your life is just so hard. Oh, I would trade. Well, hey, would you trade? Do you think there's a single white person listening right now that wouldn't trade their life with LeBron James's life? I mean, of, of course. I mean, that's of course. But then you have to remember, a lot of these athletes, not only LeBron, but they weren't always rich. So they to- totally get that. I mean, they're, they're examples of everything that's great about capitalism in America. They're the ultimate sellers of meritocracy. They went, came from nothing started at the bottom, and now they're at the top, right? I mean, LeBron James is going to be a billionaire because he's good at putting a ball in a basket. If that ain't amazing, I don't know what is. <laughs> and then this, this, this is one last point. You keep, you keep asking, like, oh, um, are other – can blacks be racist? Can this race be racist or this race? Okay, you, say, you make it seem like white people face discrimination all the time. But my question to you is, like, really, like, how? I mean, one time you brought up affirmative action, and it's like, is that really that bad? Okay, company has to hire – one or two minorities to make things right. I mean, but how are whites discriminated against? I'm dying to know. Well, I think an easy answer would be the way this coverage has come out of the LeBron James story. Everybody has assumed that it's a white racist who did the graffiti outside of LeBron James's home, and we have absolutely no evidence of that. If if, If there was a robbery on the street and I said, I think it was a black dude, and you said, why? I said, I, I just feel like it was a black dude. That would be racist, right? Because I'd be assuming that somebody had committed a crime based on the color of their skin. Everybody in the sports media is immediately saying, oh, LeBron James is having to deal with racism here. Some white guy spray-painted graffiti on his house. We haven't heard anything to support that evidence. We don't have a single idea who the culprit might be. That's, to me, discrimination based on race. That's you deciding, and I'm saying you not individually, but as a culture, Everybody out there saying, oh, this was a white person who did it. We don't know that. It could be a crazy black dude. As easy as it could be a crazy white dude. I mean, like that. I mean, we, we, true, true. We don't know that. But, I mean, is that really, okay, if that's your, 
how you how whites are discriminated against. I mean, that's so bad. When we are well, discriminated I mean, against blacks, I'm a 29 year old black man. We are denied opportunities. We are just it's by all, who? all bad. Like who's by, denying you by, opportunities? I mean, period. It happens. I mean, you are judged by your appearance, the way you look, the way you talk, this and that, and it's like for the most part. And then races anyway is one group feeling superior to another, and it's like it's very rare to find black people feeling that oh. Yeah, we're better than white. We're above here. We don't want to associate with them, this or that. It's like, that's coming from, I mean, more than I, 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 you're breaking up. You're breaking up a little bit, but I, I don't know. I mean, when I look at college campus stories now, it seems like black people on college campuses want to return to days of segregation. Often, often, like we need safe spaces. We need black only areas of the campus. I think it's very strange that we have moved in this cycle where. I believe, I, I think social media has been bad for race relations. And I think it's been bad for race relations because I believe that people have, if, if you want to believe that racism is keeping you from being successful, you can go on social media and find a different story every day to confirm to you that racism is bad and that's the reason you're not going to be successful. What I would say to everybody out there, and I continue to say this and I will say it to, I say it to my own kids, I say it to everybody, the only hand you can rely on is the one at the end of your sleeve. Some people might say that's a conservative belief, but I think it's ultimately the driving force behind American success. You have to be self-reliant. You have to believe in yourself. If you want somebody else to lift you up, it's probably not going to happen. You own you, which is why I say my mantra in life is be better. Every single day, instead of sitting around and thinking why I wasn't successful, or why somebody else got a job that I wanted, or why somebody else has got a better car, or why somebody else has got a better house. You can't worry about other people because you don't control their decisions and you don't control them. All you control is you. That's why my mantra in life is be better. Goes across the board, doesn't matter what race, ethnicity, gender you are, there has never been a country in the history of the world that has more opportunity right now than America. If you are better every day than you were the one before, then you're going to be really successful. It could have been anybody. Somebody just messaged you, Jason Martin, and said, I'm being sexist now. I don't know. That, 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 was, that was me, Clay. Oh, Justin, yeah. What did they say? He's, he's, they said that you're being sexist now because it could have been a crazy black woman or a crazy white woman. It's true. Men tend to make stupid decisions compared to women, so I am being sexist there. I think it's probably a dude that did the graffiti, but it could have been a dude identifying as a woman. Could have been Caitlyn Jenner for all we know. I don't even know what you would call that. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Swear to God, Clay, if I ever see you on the street. America, it's time for your favorite segment. I hate you, Clay Travis! Oh, you haven't heard of it? It's really simple. Basically, you get to on Clay like this. I hate you, Clay Travis. This is the stupidest thing that probably you said in about six months. I hate you, Clay Travis, with your elfin size five shoes. I hate you, Clay Travis. I hate you, Clay Travis. I hate you, Clay Travis. <laughs> now, here's Clay. You, Travis. I mean... I hate you, Clay Travis. You want to hate me, then hate me. All right, up first, David in Anaheim. Fire away, David. Yeah, Clay, I just want to say, man, I hate your guts, dude, because yesterday you made me lose 200 bucks with your lock of the day at the end of your radio show with your Cavs plus seven and uh, over under, and you said take the under 200 on the game. So, hey, I appreciate you as I drive to work minus the $200 in my pocket. You should Have be a, a push. Friday. I pushed. I said take the, I was wrong about the Cavs. I thought this game would be somewhat close. I like the Cavs and the points. But I said take the under and you cashed that check by 21 points. It wasn't even close. 50-50 ain't bad. Be the greatest hitter in the history of baseball. Alex in San Francisco, what's up? Great, Travis. I hate you so much because you waste the last 10 minutes of my commute every day on stupid Tim Tebow talk. No one cares anymore. Plug in Casey Smith for the last 10 minutes every day. <laughs> Casey Smith's a lot better looking than Tim Tebow. Not that Tim Tebow's a bad looking dude. Casey Smith's a lot better looking. Total insult at Tebow watch there. God yeah, heard really, you. That's really against me. Yeah. And what's well, really about Tebow. God heard you, Alex. I wouldn't want to be you trying to get to work today. Just going to say, somebody's going to get struck by lightning. Going to be Alex in San Francisco. I'm so excited. Ed, yeah, there you go. Ed in Pennsylvania. Ed, what's up? Hello. Clay, I hate you. I hate you because how the hell can you talk about black people? You can't feel what I feel. 
So how can you feel about what black people is going through? And not only that, Donald Trump, the president, who do you think Donald Trump is for? He's not for the blacks and the minorities. You are all twisted on this black and white issue. Issues that you have no concern about, stay away from. Hey, Ed, question for you. You still there? I'm Ed. always here. All right, you're always there. Uh, you don't like Donald Trump, but you're not, you haven't been a president. So how can you give an opinion on the president since you're not actually the president yourself? Did you really believe that the president is for the minorities and blacks? No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You say I can't have an opinion about black people in the country because I'm not black. Well, how can you have an opinion about the president when you're not the president? You don't know what the president does on a day-to-day basis. I can see what the president is not doing for blacks and minorities. I can see the laws that he's trying to pass. Okay, that's fine. But my point is, my point is, if your argument, if your argument is you can't talk about things that you're not, you're not the president. So your opinion as a president on the president shouldn't really count. Like the analogy is the same as the one you just said to me. If you're not black, you can't have an opinion about black people. If you're not black, that's the exact same thing. That's what you just said. I'm. I'm, We got to hang up on him. He's not smart enough to follow my logic. If you're going to say, oh, you can't talk about black people because you're white, well, why can you talk about the president when you're not the president? You don't know everything the president's got going on. You're not inside his skin. How can you have an opinion on him? Sean in Fort Lauderdale. What's up, Sean? Man, first time ever listening to you, buddy. And you you hardcore sound like a Donald Trump supporter. Black um, activists like, such as um, Sharpton and and... Jesse Jackson, they they, they were they were voices for the for the minority, for those who don't have a voice. They weren't they're not speaking for the entire Why don't community. you have a voice? And um Sean, you and, have a voice. And, You're on the radio nationwide, fifty states right now. Why well, you need somebody else to talk for you? No, no, no. I'm I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about CNN, MSNBC, uh, Fox News. That's that's the that's the that media out there that that has millions upon millions of, of listeners and that's who they're helping. They're, they're not speaking out for the entire black community. Um, I think you should definitely um, get a course on some sort of black history. And Done um, personally, Been there. you shot a Done Trump it. supporter. Hardcore. I know you pushed that button when you were in that booth. No, I, you know I, what? I could... Sean, I appreciate the call. I've never voted for a Republican. I voted for Gary Johnson. I voted for Obama twice. I worked on Al Gore's presidential campaign. Voted for John Kerry. Last call. Brett and Cali. What's up, Brett? Hey, um, I actually hate that there's not more people like you, but um, the problem that I have is you say, oh, there's no pictures of the racial slur. Well, as as black people, we're past seeing the we're past the racial slur. You know, we've been seeing pictures and videos and those don't get justified all the time. So I don't see that um, uh, the word you know, oh, who who did it and all that. I don't think that all I'm asking. Thanks for the call. This is bad. Bad call by Brett there. He didn't do a very good job. He embarrassed his family. Here's the deal. All I'm asking about the LeBron James controversy is, if everybody's got an opinion about it, shouldn't we know two things? One, that it actually happened, and we've yet to see any evidence that it actually happened. All we've heard is that they removed the racial slur before the police actually arrived there to conduct their investigation. Two, shouldn't we at least know who the perpetrator is before we assume that it's a white dude and it's angry racism that motivated the graffiti? There are so many fake racial hoaxes going on in this country right now because people know they'll go viral immediately because everybody's so thirsty for racism. I just want to know two simple facts. Did it happen? And who did it? And why am I the only person asking that? And why in the world could the Cavs not stop Kevin Durant from going the whole damn length of the court and dunking the basketball? Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.